The Desert Odyssey. Do you know what happens to Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus right after Christmas? They all become refugees. They are already dirt poor and homeless. Now they also become fugitives. Now they're running from the law. God is in great mortal peril. Today we do a very different take on the Christmas story. God is in mortal peril. Joseph and Mary, two kids, two teenagers, yeah, but kids, really. Joseph must have been barely 18. Mary, 12 or 13 years old only, most likely. These two kids have to cross 600 miles, 1,000 kilometers of lethal desert, to save baby Jesus from the tyrant who wants to kill him. Have you ever pondered on the fact that incredibly, astonishingly, God incarnate put himself under mortal peril every day he spent on earth with us? Christmas in the deepest dark of winter is the celebration of the arrival of the light into the world. In the deepest dark of winter, illumination is available to all. Hmm. But the world is in darkness, and the darkness will do everything in its power to destroy the light. Thus it is that just a few weeks after the birth of Jesus, Joseph and Mary are forced to flee to Egypt with baby Jesus in their arms because Herod the tyrant wants to kill him. Welcome to the world, God. <laughs> Let's try to imagine what this, having to flee to Egypt, meant in those days, 2,000 years ago and being young and unemployed, attending to a baby only a few weeks old because the despot in town wants to kill him. Herod, is a nasty tyrant who has it against all babies less than six months old because there are prophecies that one of them will be king and therefore will overthrow him. Can you hear echoes here of Saturn devouring his children, Laius disposing of Oedipus in Thebes, of Moses hidden by his family so he will not be murdered by the Pharaoh, and Snow White too, of course, who has to be protected from the murderous jealousy of the queen? Joseph, who is not even the baby's father, receives in a dream the divine order to flee at once to protect the life of that child, who not only is not his, but whose arrival ruined forever all dreams of honeymoon and a life of marital pleasure with his beautiful young bride Mary. Joseph is the stepfather of a child who steals his wife's attention. Why marry her if she will never really be his? Why work so hard to support and protect this baby if he's not and will never be his? Joseph must have been an extraordinary man, given that God was happy to send his angels to visit him and that he accepted everything in silence, marrying to save Mary from the public scorn of being a single mom, sharing her shame by becoming the target of village gossip and derision, and not content with all that, he now still embarks on such a trek through scorched desert 
in order to protect a baby that is not his baby. This is a very peculiar story. Imagine, this adopted baby must be saved. And to save him, you must flee to Alexandria in Egypt, a distance of 333 miles through the desert as the crow flies. 535 kilometers in a straight line, without having to climb any hills or mountains, or descend ravines or precipices and other obstacles along the way. 333 miles in a hypothetical straight line. But once you consider the demands of the very uneven and challenging terrain, the distance to cover doubles. Which is why, if you wanted to drive today in your car as we speak from Nazareth to Alexandria by the best modern highways, this is a journey of more than 600 miles. And they did it on foot and with a baby in their arms. Why flee to Alexandria? Because the largest Jewish community in Egypt lived there. One in three Alexandrians may have been Jewish in those days, so it makes sense that Joseph and Mary probably had relatives there to take refuge with. With the gold, incense, and myrrh brought by the wise men of the East as a birthday gift for Jesus, they could subsist for a time. If they managed to carry it safely, through those hundreds of miles of desert and desolate paths in the road to Egypt, where surely there will have been robbers and dangers and even kidnappers in abundance, or Roman soldiers whom, like those corrupt modern customs officials we've all faced in some foreign countries, could abuse their power by demanding a bribe to let them pass. Joseph and Mary had to walk a distance equal as the crow flies to the one that runs from New York to Toronto, from Los Angeles to San Francisco, from London to Edinburgh, from Madrid to Tangiers. And they had to do it 2,000 years ago without medical services, neither cell phones nor GPS, walking through a desert with a delicate baby only a few weeks old. We always picture them with a donkey, don't we? Mary riding with the baby in her arms, and Joseph patiently pulling the reins one step ahead of them. Even with the help of a donkey to carry their few belongings and the blanket where they would lay each night on the sands of the cold Sinai desert, this is already a hellish odyssey. But nothing tells us that they had a donkey to help them. They were very poor and very young. Mary must have been only 13 at the time, Joseph 18 or 20 max, and they were refugees with no rights or identity, fleeing with a miraculous baby that was entrusted to them by no less than God himself. This is a very peculiar story. Let's talk about distances again. By the time Joseph and Mary have walked with the baby from Nazareth to Bethlehem and then on to Alexandria, they have already walked more than 350 miles as the crow flies. When Jesus is five or six years old and Herod dies, they can finally return home from Alexandria back to Nazareth, having had to walk through that same unforgiving desert more than 600 miles 
1,000 kilometers, which is the distance that goes from Buenos Aires to Santiago, from Paris to Rome, and more than the distance from Bogotá to Caracas, from London to Berlin or Munich, from Madrid to Marrakech. And they had to walk this much through the desert because someone wanted to kill the baby in their trust. There are 69 miles between Nazareth and Bethlehem, where the baby was born. Mary was very heavily pregnant during those first 69 miles. In Bethlehem, they suffered all kinds of discomforts and humiliations as a young couple with no resources. And Mary had to endure the pain and the fright of delivery without any other help than Joseph himself. And all this in a stable, surrounded by animals and rats, cockroaches and fleas, of course. How amazing to think that it was in such pitiful circumstances that the King of all kings and Lord of all lords came to the world. This is a very peculiar story. Imagine that you are Joseph, after having longed to return home to start getting your life as a new husband and father organized, now you have to secretly plan a very risky escape through the desert to Egypt. This implies adding 350 extra miles as the crow flies to the 69 miles already covered from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Walking with a baby and your teenage wife and your scant belongings on your shoulder. If Joseph and Mary managed to be very disciplined and cover six to eight miles a day, which is the walking speed of caravans in the ancient world, we're talking about more than 50 days of extreme tiredness, with extreme cold at night, extreme heat during the day, and a myriad dangers at each step through the Sinai Desert. And all these after you conversed with angels in your dreams and lived through the miraculous birth of this baby that God entrusted you to protect. It turns out that this Joseph, the man so unjustly ignored always in this story, was a hero. And without him, everything could have ended in a bloodbath. This is a more than peculiar story. It is an extraordinary story. An extraordinary from the point of view of Joseph, who we never pay attention to. From the point of view of Mary, who remains silent and beatifically patient throughout the whole ordeal. And of course, extraordinary from the baby's point of view. Because without that baby in the narrative, everything would have been a collection of wrongs and errors and absolutely useless complications. What a peculiar story. Why would Joseph and Mary go through all these ties and knots? Why burden and complicate their lives as newlyweds with such rigors and dangers? From the point of view of the two of them, it looks like a monumental waste of time. Ah, but the presence of the baby makes all the difference in the world, because the presence of the baby made them extraordinary and immortal. Which is why we still talk about these two frightened and vulnerable teenagers more than 2,000 years later. An angel of God asked amazing things of them, and both of them were willing to obey.
They were obviously a great couple and truly devoted to each other, since both had to face each other with stories of an angel appearing to them and suddenly, boom, you're pregnant. Boom, you must marry her. Boom, you must flee to Egypt in order to save the baby. Hmm, how would you and I take similar revelations from our partner? But Joseph and Mary were in such harmony with each other. They loved each other so truly that they respected each other's revelation and always acted as a couple, in spite of all the extraordinary dangers and discomforts that those revelations would cause to both of them. And furthermore, when they married but refused to consummate the marriage so they could publicly exhibit the bloody sheet that showed that the bride had arrived at the bridal bed of virgin, they went way further. Had they consummated their marriage on the night of their wedding, Joseph and Mary could have proved to all onlookers and the town gossips that Mary was still a virgin on the day of her marriage. But God's very peculiar plan was not only that the baby should be conceived when Mary was still a virgin, but that he also should be born when she was still a virgin. And so it was that this admirable couple of teenage refugees chose to honor God rather than honor themselves. They put God's honor above their own honor. What an awesome couple of teenagers these two were. And so the baby made them extraordinary and immortal. Because the baby was extraordinary and immortal himself, and all those complications for them came from having to tune in to his music, to the wavelength on which the baby moved. And so it was that two illiterate and vulnerable adolescents, who must have been the butt of countless jokes by their contemporaries and neighbors, achieved nothing less than the cosmic work of the Creator of the heavens and the earth. The plan that God had from the beginning of time was fulfilled thanks to the humble and simple obedience of these two naive youngsters. The longed-for avatar, the epiphany, the supreme and highest earthly manifestation of the eternal truth, God himself made man lay in their arms, a helpless baby they could have lost or neglected at any moment. There is no greater story in the world because you and I are these weak, frightened teenagers every day of our lives. Hick et nunc, here and now, in this precise and only moment in eternity, you and I are that helpless couple of teenagers who are just beginning to make some sense of life and who nevertheless have been entrusted with the highest, the most sublime and terrifying mission of all time to protect that baby. The eternal light that has come into the world from all those enemies that seek to kill him in order to kill the light. I don't need to tell you that there are a myriad forces around you and me trying to kill in you and me that little baby who is the light. To prevent his light from shining further, to stop his admirable light from touching your family, your society, your own 
lonely, wounded heart and mine. Every Christmas, in the deepest dark of winter, you and I are Joseph and Mary, who, after having crossed the cruel desert that this year was in many a moment, can still reach the end of the road after more than 600 miles of pilgrimage with the child in their arms, smiling for having fulfilled the arduous daily task of keeping the light alive by loving and nurturing in our own hearts that baby who is the light of the world. That's a Merry Christmas every single day of the year. Thank you for listening. May you have a perfect Christmas every day as the light is born in you. <laughs>